Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Homeschool Podcast. Great to have you back. Great to be back. This is Augustino Zoida, the host of Homeschool Podcast. We know you got a lot of options out there when it comes to podcasts, so it means the world to us that you're here. Happy February. It's here. It's Black History Month. It's fucking Brady Retired Day. It's fucking, uh, it's a lot of things. It's Valentine's Day. It's Super Bowl Month. It's all coming at you in February. I love it. Um, you know what else is coming at you in February? It's the 14-year anniversary of me being a stand-up comedian. That's right, everybody. This February 4th is uh, is it'll, it'll mark my 14 years. So let's talk about that a little bit in this episode. But first. I just want to let you guys know, here's where you can see me. I got a couple little spots here and there in L.A. You know in L.A. I ain't doing no headlining gigs. You do a little spots here and there. So check, make sure you check my calendar. I got a couple things for you this month in uh, in Los Angeles working some stuff. But besides that, you can catch me in Sacramento, California, Valentine's Day. One night only, two shows. There's a 6.30 show. There's an 8.30 show. So either way, we're going to have you home in a decent hour. Something fun to do. Live comedy. Some some beer tasting, some craft cocktails, some craft food, and um, it's at the Out of Bounds Brewery and Beer Garden, or or it's Craft Kitchen and Beer Garden in Folsom. So uh, I'm just saying Sacramento County, Sacramento area, but uh, yeah, come on out. I'm there. I I do it every year for Valentine's Day. Usually we split it out. We split it up between a couple of days, but you know Valentine's Day is on a Tuesday. I know you guys got to work. You're hard workers, but you still want to have a little bit of fun. Go out and show the lady or show the gentleman a nice time. I hope to see you there. You can get tickets at homeschooledpod.com. Once again, it's homeschooledpod.com or augustinocomedian.com. Takes you to the same place. Click on tour. You're going to see all my tour dates right there. So hope to see you on Valentine's Day. Right after that, in March, I got a couple of New York dates. So March 24th, I will be in the White Plains area. Uh, I believe it's Westchester, New York. And then the following day, March 25th, I am in um, Brooklyn, New York. Again, all tickets are available on my website, homeschoolpod.com, augustinocomedian.com. A lot of tour dates, a lot, a lot, a lot of tour dates up on my calendar. Um, the only thing that changed was we added Memphis <clears throat> and my Phoenix one changed from June, pushed down to August, but I still got it, okay? <coughs> so don't you worry, Phoenix. Besides that, why don't you guys come out wherever you are. Hopefully I'm coming to a place near you. I got Canada dates. I got Dallas. I got a bunch of stuff. Check the calendar and uh, come see you with a 14-year season 
comic looks like. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, you guys. Let's get into it. Because celebrating my 14-year anniversary this week is a couple of things I want to talk to you guys about. And the main thing that I want to talk to you about is appreciating your accomplishments. Okay? So um, we'll start at the beginning. 14 years ago, almost to the day, I was uh, 20 years old. I had been interested in stand-up comedy since my early teens. And um, when I was 18, I was old enough to go to most of the comedy clubs. Back then, most of them were 18 and over. And then if it was the late show, it would be like 21 and over. So I can go to the early shows. But nowadays, I think they're all 21. Not all of them, but I think like the comedy store is 21 and over now. It used to be 18. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, so from from 18 to 20, I'm like now going to live comedy all the time as much as I could. And uh, I think it was like, I think it was like uh, the end of 2008, I was at the, at the improv on Melrose, the Hollywood improv. And I went to a show with my sisters and some friends. And we were sitting there watching the show. I think I got invited with free tickets. A lot of the clubs will do that every now and then. They give you, you know, if you go, if you go often every now and then, they put you on the email list. And when they want to pack the room, they'll just shoot out a couple free tickets. So if you go back and look at that movie, Funny People, if you remember the movie Funny People with Adam Sandler and uh, and uh, Seth Rogen about stand-up comics, that look at the look at the release date on that okay so the night i was at the improv we were sold on hey do you want free tickets to come see adam sandler so this is like you know i'm uh i'm i'm barely 20 years old i you know in i was 19 i turned 20 in july now we're talking about uh, i'm newly 20 years old okay i'm like oh cool Let's go see Adam Sandler. So that's how it was pitched to us. But, you know, we didn't see Adam Sandler. But what it was is that the the the, the cast of funny people, excluding Adam Sandler, so I think he was supposed to be there but didn't come, um, they were they were they were working on stand up. Like not stand up that they wrote, but stand up that was written for the movie, like that they're gonna perform in the movie. So um, that's around the time that this was. It was right before while they were filming that movie and they were rehearsing it. And so uh, Seth Rogen was there. Um, who else was there? I forget a couple, a, bu- a bunch of people from the movie. Everybody who does stand up in the movie, except for um, Adam Sandler, and then so you could tell they got all those guys out. And then uh, Brandon T. Jackson popped in. That was my first time seeing him live. Later on in life, I had a <laughs> you know a, a relationship with him. Um, I saw him again recently. Nice guy, nice family. And if you don't remember who I'm talking about, he's the guy from Tropic Thunder, the rapper, the booty juice guy. Um, in a bunch of stuff, Percy Jackson and Fast and Furious. But anyway, so he goes up. I'm like, oh, cool. That's the guy from Tropic Thunder. Um, now you could tell they got all their like guest spots and people that you know, famous people out of the way. And now they're gonna put up like. And then you can tell the lineup was like less famous people, but it was like really um the, their usuals, like guys that were booked on that night. You know, um. <clears throat> The host of the show was this guy named Ben Morrison, who I have also developed a relationship with. Um, see him every now and then, still to this day. And uh, you know, closing out the show were like these guys that weren't as weren't as well known, but to me, a twenty year old kid who absolutely is you know smitten by the world of stand up comedy. 
just watching the next guys, you know? And a lot of people, or a lot of comics, I should say, they have fear following a famous person or, you know, people, which I understand, you know, people get all excited. They saw a famous person and then if you're after them, especially if they kill, sure, you can be like, uh, oh, I don't want to follow that guy he crushed. But, you know, and then you're also like, well, the famous person you're following. So when they see someone not famous right after them, the audience is going to lose interest. They might want to run outside and take a picture with the celebrity they just saw. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of factors. But um, the point is that I would like you, if you're if you're a stand-up comic who is new or just a little unknown like myself – um, I don't think that you should have that fear because I remember as a 20 year old kid sitting in that audience, I didn't look at them any less. I, it was such a back to back solid lineup and I was having such a good time that I was just so ready for more. And when I saw someone that I, I didn't know who they were, it, it didn't bother. I didn't even think about it. I mean, I don't know if everybody's that way, but I, I like, and that's why they say you should ride the, ride the wave as a comic. If somebody kills you, ride the wave. Um, and and in this particular case, I think that's a valuable lesson. As I saw, you know, unknowns following famous, famous people—people people that aren't even famous for stand-up, really—they were more famous for their movies. And just out the gate, you know, funny, funny, funny. Not even letting them breathe. Uh, one of them was uh, was this guy named Greg Wilson. Back then, he used to go by the Greg Wilson. Now he goes by Greg Romero Wilson. He's done this podcast before. Another guy I've recommended to take his class. I've, uh, you know, I've had a relationship with him. Uh, and then followed by him was the, the, the last comic on stage, which is this other comic named Rich Aronovich, who, uh, you know, I've went on to have a relationship and become friends with him as well. And he lives in New York now. He works cruises a lot. And, you know, he's on like America's Worst Chefs right now. Um, you, you And so this is like a 20-year-old kid watching all of this. And you know what I was noticing? I didn't have very close to this, the stage seats. I had close to the back of the room. If you've ever been to the Hollywood Improv, there's like that curtain. And if they don't open the curtain, it'll look full on the bottom floor, which is still like maybe, I don't even know, maybe 100 something. But if they open the curtain, the curtain is an additional like maybe eighty seats, and so they had it open that night, and I was like back there where the behind the curtain where the curtain usually is, so a little further back. And at the Hollywood Improv, if you're if you're sitting back there, over to your right, stage left, audience right, there's the DJ booth, the sound booth where the guy will you know light the comics and play their music up and down, and there's a booth for people to sit right next to it and um that booth because back then there wasn't really a green room at the improv now there is and it's upstairs and they remodeled the whole thing but back then there was not really a green room we just hung out by the bar which was cool you know there's lots of seats and comics just hang hung out there and they still do and they drink and they eat and then but but there was that booth next to the sound booth and that's kind of where comics hung out before and after their set when they were waiting to go on and me sitting back there Watching all of this, I just kept seeing, um, you know, the comics go on stage and do their thing and then get off stage and they go sit in the booth with the other comics and they would be, you know, talking to each other. Not loudly, they weren't disrupting the show, but I just kept looking at them and going like, this is really cool. Like, I wanted to be a part of this so bad. There was even another comic that I saw that had a dog. He brought his dog. He went on stage without the dog had his friend 
watch the dog while he was on stage. And then he came back and he got his dog and they were hanging out with the dog and everything. And I just remember thinking like, this is so cool. Um, it just reminded me of community. And as an adult now, you know, I'm, I'm 34 years old. I, I know that I need community to, to help me continue and push forward with things in life. I need that reliability. And I just crave, uh, community and, like to be a part of a clique. And I think it comes from uh, several things. It comes from me being homeschooled and not having, uh, you know, classmates and friends that you see every day at a, at a, at a school, at a high school, no prom. It came from me like growing up in a small, you know, two bedroom house with, with three sisters and four dogs. And so, um, you know, not really having too many friends until I was a little older. And, uh, I think it also comes from, not having any brothers i have three older sisters and no brothers i'm the only i'm the i'm the youngest and i'm the only boy so not only you know so i didn't i lacked that like male friendship and when i just saw comics i mean there's female and male comics but you know majority of comics are are male and they were there and i just saw this brotherhood or in this like I, i you know i was just blown away how this was their job and they just showed up at night, you know, my whole life, I knew everybody to have a nine to five job, me, myself, at the time, 20 years old, I had a job, I was, you know, working retail stores at the mall. So I would either open the store. So you work, you know, your nine to five shift, or I was closing the store, which still, you out of there by nine. But um, I remember just thinking, like, these guys, they have no job, this is their job. They show up with the dog or they show up with their friends talking, drinking, and hanging out. And it was so casual to them. It was just these these superstar comics were on stage and the other comics who are less known weren't even phased by it. They're just, you know, let that guy do his thing. I'm not even scared. I'll go right after him. Just let me get up and get my set and pick up my check and fucking leave. And I, it just felt like cool. It felt like... I saw the community that they were a part of. I saw the brotherhood that they were a part of. I saw that this glamorous to the naked eye looking profession, they have turned into, you know, a living. And I wanted to be a part of it so bad. And, uh, you know, fast forward to today, 14 years I've been a stand-up comedian. Because that day, it wasn't just, being inspired by the great show I saw and and the wonderful comedians that I saw and the famous ones that I saw. It was all of it. It was the community that drew, drew me in. It was the brotherhood and sisterhood. And it was the feeling of being accepted into something that was bigger than anything I've ever done. Being accepted into friendship being accepted into you know hanging and just it, it, i just wanted it all i just wanted it all and and that day i said i'm going to do it like i just couldn't i've been fascinated by stand-up you know for for, for a decade and i've been coming to live stand-up performances at comedy clubs never like theaters back then i didn't go see like a really famous person 
you know, headline a theater back then. I would just go comedy clubs, comedy clubs, comedy clubs. That was mostly what you did. Unless you were Dane Cook or Seinfeld, nobody was going and spending hundreds of dollars to watch a live comic in theaters. There was no Netflix specials back then. And it was just comedy clubs. And I was just so drawn in by that. Which is why, like, I've never been so fixated on, like, fame or Netflix specials because, to me the the best part about it was to be a part of the comedy club community the brotherhood just the hanging out late at the bar and going on stage after fucking monsters and trying your own new shit you know and then they go back and they're hanging out in the green room or they're hanging out in that booth back there and they're checking their notes and scratching off what worked and what did it and they were just so fine with it and i just said you know i i i'm going to be a part of this I have to. So I made a, a promise to myself, even though I said to myself for years, like I wanted to do comedy and I wished that I was a comedian. I made a promise to myself that I was going to get on stage. So anybody out there who's thinking about starting, I hope this story inspires you because there, it was several years of me saying, I want to do this. I think I want to do this. And then I want to do this. And then I want to be a part of this. And I wish I was this these guys okay and so you'll but you can easily talk your way out of it so you have to make a promise to yourself and that's what i did i made a promise to myself that i'm going to start and i said i'm going to pick a date and just do it i'm going to look up an open mic and that's the date and i'm not turning my back on that date and Of course, because I was a big fan of the improv, I I checked their website and they did have an open mic. And I said to myself, I'm going down there and I'm going to sign up for their open mic. And I chose a date, February 4th, 2009. And I, you know, it was like it was like two weeks out and I was nervous as fuck. But I said I made a promise to myself that that February 4th, no matter what. And I did. Little did I know that it wasn't even my choice. I thought that I can go down there, sign up, and I'm, I can go up. But what it really was was, uh, you know, the lottery open mic. You put your name in the bucket, and not everybody got picked. I happened to get picked my first time ever, which was, uh, you know, which was cool. But so I just thought that's how it was. So luckily for me. But I w- anyway, the the weeks following up to it, I was so nervous, and I wanted to cancel, and I wanted to back out, but. I made a promise to myself, and, and you can't back out on a promise to yourself. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote down these jokes that I wanted to try, and, you know, none of it was any good still to this day. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you anything. I mean, I kind of vaguely remember some of it, but, I mean, it doesn't matter. I did it is what matters. So to you thinking about starting stand-up comedy for you guys i know the common excuses is you know you're you're gonna do it one day that's what you'll tell yourself i'll do it but i want to make sure that i have like the material ready that's what you tell yourself i want to make sure i got the five minutes ready big mistake big mistake you don't need to put it off so because you're just putting things off you're just putting things off you're never going to have a perfect five minutes it's absolutely ridiculous to think you've never done stand-up comedy ever in your life and you're somehow going to write a perfect five minutes. Guys that have been doing stand-up 20 years struggle to write a perfect five. It takes like weeks of trying the same five over and over again, making edits and tweets. 
like by and the only way you make the edits and tweets is by performing it on stage. So it's it's just it's just completely ridiculous to think that someone who's never done stand-up you're gonna write something perfect and you're not even gonna try to do stand-up until you've written it so perfect how would you even know it's perfect until you tried it you won't it it doesn't it doesn't on the paper doesn't reflect the same out loud and my advice to those people that say that is get on stage right away because the first jokes or the first things that you ever say on stage are not going to be in your set 14 years later they're not even going to be in your set a year later i would doubt if they're even in your set a couple months later so it's not about the material being perfect it's just about you got an idea you want to riff on it talk it out get on stage and just talk it out because the most important thing is building confidence on stage and feeling comfortable on stage and feeling comfortable to try an idea that's not a joke yet and here for the feedback of if it's got potential or where you can edit that takes real you know guts to do and confidence that you don't care if you're not going to get a laugh because you know that you're testing the waters here so it it takes time to build that confidence comes quicker to others you know some people comes quicker too but it's going to take time to build that confidence so all you're doing is delaying stage time you're just delaying building a stage presence which is more important than building material at first because when you have stage presence you can try a bunch of fucking different material and feel confident in testing it so um anyway that's what happened to me though i made a pack with myself and i'm telling you guys this story along the way i hope i inspired some people to uh you know stop giving excuses make a promise to yourself and whatever it is that you've always wanted to do start it do it go um so that's a good message along the way but what i'm actually getting at here is for me that i need to more often stop and appreciate the moment that's when i'm taking from 14 years later that's what i'm taking from this that's what i talked about with someone today that's what i learned today not learned i already kind of knew it but it was nice to say it out loud and i really need to stop and be in the moment and appreciate my accomplishments because backing up to i was 20 years old and i was at the improv and i wanted nothing but to be those guys and I am one of those guys now. I have been for 14 years. But being a part of like cliques and the community, I probably fell into into year two, year three, to a certain extent. And then, you know, good, fell deeper, deeper into it. You know, the, as time went on, more people knew who you were. People move away, new people move in. But over time, people know who you are. And um, that's... Uh, I, I do it all the time and it's and, and this is kind of for any artist who's anywhere on your journey, beginning, middle, you know, seasoned, whatever, is I am always like wanting to be further than I am, which is great, which is great. You should be your own worst critic. You should always, you know, 
push yourself to hustle harder, to work harder, to get things that you want, to get more stage time, to get more shows, to get more followers, to get sell more tickets, whatever, you know. But, you know, we're always out at comedy clubs and we and you know, we're hanging out with the comics and we're sitting there going like, you know, why is that guy on stage? I should be on stage. You know, this guy gets booked here way more than me. And you're sitting there hanging out with the comics in the booth or the green room or the bar. And I forget sometimes that when I was 20 years old, I was more distracted by the comedians in the booth or at the bar than I was with the comedians that were on stage. And I wanted so much to be a part of that world. And now here I am sitting there in the booth or sitting there at the bar, hanging out with the comics. I'm one of them. I have been for a really long time. And you need to step back sometimes and be in the moment and think about things that you used to fantasize about having that you now have. That's a great feeling. And we don't do it enough. We don't do it enough. You know, I've watched comics do big theaters and thought to myself, you know, I wanted to be like, oh, maybe one day I'll open for someone big, you know, and I'll be able to do a pack room like this. And I have that. I've done that. And I remember in the moment going like, wow, I remember fantasizing about being the opener for someone famous being behind the curtain with this sold out theater and coming out here and opening up this show. I remember fantasizing about it and now I'm living it. And that was one of the rare times where I actually did stop and enjoy that moment and be in the moment and appreciate my accomplishments. Now the next one is to be the headliner in that sold out theater but I have done huge rooms. I have headlined, you know, sold out, you know, 300 rooms, but I'm talking about, you know, bigger. But anyway, um, and then I remember, you know, walking around and seeing, you know, comics names on marquees or comics uh, <clears throat> uh, pictures on, on screen, on billboards or on digital screens. And I've had those things. I've, I've worked clubs where my name is on the marquee or my picture is on the marquee or, um, you know, doing the road and I've had my picture on like a digital screen billboard on the popular street in, you know, Vegas or here, there, or there. And I remember one time sitting in Vegas and just seeing my face on the big digital screen in the middle of a fucking casino. And, um, that was another rare time where I was just like in awe. So that's the, the, the message here today is that, um, we got to try to we got to try to remember to have those moments of, of appreciating your accomplishments. So um, the other thing is it's also kind of a good sign that if you have to force yourself to remember those moments, because that means that you're working too hard to stop and notice. So I think that that's a huge part of it. That's why I don't do it that often because, you know, I fantasized about these things, but now that I'm in them, I've worked so hard to accomplish these things to get them. It requires so much dedication. It requires nonstop work. It requires just a hustle constantly. You know, every day that 
you're not working is like impossible to live in one of these major stand-up cities like New York or LA or Boston or something like that. It's like you can't even fucking pay your rent if you're not working 24 hours a day. And the second that you take a day off, somebody else got that spot. Somebody else got that opportunity. Like anything that you're not doing, someone else is doing. So imagine if you took your foot off the gas for like a second, you know, and, um, and and that's the reason that we don't stop and appreciate it as much because we're constantly with our nose to the fucking pavement like you know like a fucking greyhound fucking horse like a pit bull that fucking pulls weight competitions we're just fucking workers you know we're chasing that dream which is fucking great guys and that's what it takes and that's what you got to do and that's the reason that we don't just stop sometimes and look at what we've already accomplished. Because that is what we got to do. You got to stop sometimes. I love the work ethic. You can't have too much of it. I guess you could burn yourself out. I'm a victim of it myself. But I got to keep going. Every time I'm, I fucking take a, a break off. I, if I take one day off, it feels like I got to catch up by a week. And keep hustling. Keep putting in the work. Keep getting on stage or whatever you do, whatever art or your profession is, and keep at it. Keep working to be the best. Always, always, always be your, your worst critic. And these things are great, but they keep you busy, which is also great. It's good for you, but these things are keeping you too busy where you don't appreciate all that work, what it got you. So every now and then try to remind yourself to stop and think about a time when you fantasized about having this. And now you have it. Because we take things for granted. Like we've had it for so long. I forgot not having it. I forgot what it's like to not have it. So think about a time when you fantasized about having it. And how crazy is it that you got it now? And along the way, there's new fantasies. And you just keep working and you just keep keeping your nose to the ground. And you keep working and you keep moving forward. You keep moving up. And you're going to accomplish those goals too. You're going to accomplish those fantasies too. And uh, I'm thankful that I realized this. On my own. After 14 years. I hope that this is helpful. And I hope that you needed to hear it. Because I needed. To realize it today. And. Um, thank you for all of you. Who have supported me. In these last 14 years. Friends. Family. Fans. New people that discover me. Followers. Whatever. Um, every little bit helps. Listeners. Subscribers. Bookers. Comics that believed in me. Opportunities that were given to me. And um, I wouldn't have any of these opportunities if it wasn't for myself who constantly puts in the work and shows up for the opportunities and does their best. So you don't forget to thank yourself. And um, this is what 14 years looks like, guys. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trying. And and uh, and that's it. There's there's no end goal for me. And, and that's why I'm, I'm happy to, to be where I am and to keep 
pushing to get more and, and to get for, further because I'm not in this to hit a finish line. I am in this to be the best that I can be. And then when I achieve that, I'll try to be even better. And um, I really enjoy all of it. I enjoy, you know, when a bit works and I enjoy when it doesn't. It's it's super fun to try stuff that doesn't work <laughs> and gets no laughs. Honestly, I'm not kidding you. It really is. I'm comfortable with it. It's really fun. And someone who is like a writer and really appreciates the writing aspect of this, I love to try something and then go back to the notebook and figure out why it didn't work and how can I make it work. It's just, uh, you know, how some people are like that with math. They fucking love math. I'm like that with fucking writing stand-up and um i'm gonna keep going wish me luck i hope you guys are still here to, to support and um i made it 14 years i'm here i'm here for anybody if anybody wants to reach out you know instagram twitter everything's at augustino zoida i'm on tiktok at augustino comedian and uh just go to homeschoolpod.com or augustinocomedian.com and uh, you can also click on contact and you can those those will come to me. You can email me, or there's also links on my website to my social medias. And you guys just hit me up. And you know, if you're a newcomer to stand up, or newcomer to any type of art, or newcomer to anything, or just any old buddy who's just you know wants to talk about this stuff, I'm I'm a, I'm 14 years in, and I've been blessed to have experiences that guys 14 years in don't all get. And that's thanks to like a lot of people that gave me opportunities. So, and uh, I'm just gonna keep trying, and I hope that you guys keep trying too, and that uh, you you never give up. So, thank you for tuning in today. I hope to see you at one of my upcoming shows, Sacramento. Valentine's Day is two shows one day. Get tickets; it will sell out. Mark my words right now. Don't come crying to me later. It's gonna sell out. I always get emails on Valentine's Day. Like, hey, there's no more tickets left. Can you squeeze in two more? Don't don't wait till last minute, guys. Get the tickets. Um, I'm only in Valentine's. I'm only in Sacramento one day, and I'm usually only there like once a year. So do that. Um, and then I got New York tickets are on sale now. Everything's at homeschoolpod.com, AugustinoComedian.com. Click on tour. And thank you guys for tuning in. And continue to come back here at Homeschool Podcast where we document the journey. I'm Augustino Zoida. It's been a pleasure. Peace. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.